Welcome to the Intuitive Eating and Body Positivity Podcast. I'm Terry and I'll be talking about all things intuitive eating, body positivity and health at every size, and shaking off weight stigma, diet culture and food rules so that we can all have a better relationship with food and our bodies. Do you want to know what I eat in a day? Well, guess what? (laughs) I'm not telling you. (laughs) Um, I know that sounds like a strange way to start, but um, that is what I want to talk to you about today. Uh, There's a lot of what I eat in a day posts going on on my feed at the moment. What I eat in a day, um, what I've eaten this week, there's a lot of that going on. And photo slideshows, (laughs) slideshows, are they even called slideshows? Video montages of meals that people have eaten through the day or through the week. And then some people even offering to sell these meal plans. And it's not just limited to um, social media either. How many times do you have somebody say around you, guess what I ate yesterday, and then rattles off the list of food that they've eaten because they think it's been a good day's food or because they feel like they've had a great day on their diet or, you know, something like that. So basically, when I'm talking about this, I'm referring to anybody who tells you what they eat in a day. Now, for people who are struggling with their eating habits or their relationship with food or their body image, it can be really triggering to see this stuff. It can bring up all kinds of feelings about their own eating habits because you end up comparing the days. When was the last time you saw one of those posts online or heard one of your friends or your colleagues say about their day and you've then tried to compare what you've eaten to what they've eaten? They give you a glowing report of this perfectly cultivated day of eating And you think, oh God, well, I had this for breakfast, I had that for lunch, I had that in the middle of the afternoon, I had that for my tea. And before you know it, you've got thoughts going around your head like, I'm not eating well enough. I'm not eating enough food. Maybe I'm eating too much food. I'm not eating the right type of food. My macros are all wrong. Too many carbs, too much fat. I will end up looking like them if I eat like them. That last one is the worst for me. When you actually think that you're going to look like them if you could eat what they are eating. I mean, that can be a negative or a positive though, can't it? If I eat like them, I might lose weight. If I eat like them, I will be as lean and toned as they are. Or if I eat like them, I'm going to put on so much weight. So it depends who's saying what they're eating as to the response it's going to invoke. Now, the reality is that that's not true, is it? Because the way that food is going to work in your body is going to be very different to the way the food is working in that person's body. Your needs are individual. Their needs are individual. And just because they've managed to change their body and they think it's because of the food that they're eating does not necessarily first mean that it was the food that changed their body. 
But also, that food in your body is not necessarily going to change your body in the same way. Oh, there's a lot of bodies going on here, aren't there? <laughs> but we all have different calorie needs, different energy needs. We all have different intolerances and allergies and things like that. One type of food in your body might make your internal systems react differently to theirs. Not necessarily in a way that you would notice. I'm not talking allergies and things, but just the way that your body handles food can be totally different to somebody else's. And we all move differently. We've all got different activity levels. Our bodies respond differently to exercise. So that's not to say that even if you were eating the same food as them and your exercise routine was the same as them, that your body would react in the same way as theirs does. You see lots of people online, don't you, offering personal training services or some kind of app that you can use to get some exercise into your day. And that's great. But also alongside those quite often comes diet plans, meal plans, um, tailoring of calories and macros and things like that. But it's not really tailoring. It's just a a blanket program that is issued to everybody pretty much. They might take your height and your weight and then tweak the calories. But essentially what they're doing is just going to adjust the amounts of each of those foods. And you're still going to get the same diet plan as everybody else. So it's not really tailoring to you. What about your ability to actually get that food in the first place? So even if you wanted to follow one of these diet plans, they're quite often full of stuff that you don't usually eat in a day, aren't they? I mean, how many of you looked at that have got things like quinoa and all these nuts and seeds and all these greens that you don't usually buy, um, fancy fish and different cuts of meat, vegetables that you've never even heard of before. Now, I've got a couple of problems with this. <laughs> you may be surprised to hear. Firstly, our financial situations are all different, aren't they? So that influencer that you're watching online may be quite well off, especially if you're following some of the big celebrity influencers. They quite often don't realise that us normal people don't have all the money that they have to hire chefs and trainers and things like that. Um, but that aside, even the normal trainers and things that you're following, they'll quite often choose things that don't fit into everyday people's budgets. They'll recommend brand names because they've got some kind of affiliation with them or just because they like them, whatever. They'll choose organic foods or foods that are a bit difficult to get a hold of. And because of that, they're more expensive um, or they'll choose a local speciality. So you get that with quite a lot of people who are based around London. They will know of these little shops and marketplace stalls and things like that, where you can get things that you can't always get in other local areas. And quite frankly, some of it is just so expensive and it's not realistic for everybody to follow. So that's hurdle number one. But then if you actually do get this food, what about your ability to do something with it when you've got it? 
Are you a skilled home cook? Are you like my husband and you can just open a cupboard, see some random things, throw them in a pan and you've created something incredible? I am not that person. I can't do that. But given a recipe, I can follow it and I can come up with something pretty decent. Or are you not a natural cook and you can just about cobble together some beans on toast, which is very nutritious, by the way. There's no shame in not being able to cook. There's no shame in that at all. There's not even any shame in not wanting to try. We're all individual in the kitchen. We've all got our own preferences and the way we like to do things. And so no shame. If you don't want to cook or you can't cook, that's absolutely fine. But a lot of these meal plans don't take that into account. Let's go back to quinoa. Right, I say this because I've never been a fan of quinoa, but it seems to have been suggested on every diet that I have ever done. And I can see why, because it's very nutritious, it's very filling, it's got good fibre in it, and there's a lot of benefits to eating quinoa. But guess what? I don't like it. I just don't like it. It seems to take an age to prepare, forever to cook. It tastes boring, bland. Oh, I don't know what to do with it when I've got it. I don't know where it goes. I don't know what to, how to incorporate it into a meal. I just end up with this mush on the side of a plate. It is not for me. But everybody seems to throw quinoa into a healthy eating plan, don't they? It's just one of those foods. So even with the best ingredients, if you don't know what to do with it, then quite honestly, it doesn't matter if you've got it there or not. You're still not going to eat it. You're still not going to prepare it. You are going to have zero intention of using that ingredient. And even if you were willing to have a go at it, you might not get the best out of that ingredient anyway. That food that you've chosen to try and do something new with, you might not get the best out of it. You might not get the best flavour, the best texture. You might cook it in a way where actually the nutrients are depleted because, you know, you've boiled it to within an inch of its life. And now, like like with my quinoa, it's mush on the plate. So just because you have these ingredients doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be creating something great and something satisfying and something nutritious from it anyway. Also, do you ever look at these plans and think, oh, that is a lovely way to eat. I'm going to do that. So you try a few of these recipes, you try a few of these meals, and before you know it, you are bored. (laughs) Because it's not the food that you usually eat. It's not your usual kind of taste. So whereas the first couple of days go by and you've got all these good intentions and you go all out creating this new way of eating, a few days later, you've had enough. And that's because it's not sustainable for you. These meal plans are rarely sustainable for you. Anything that makes you overhaul your eating like that is not going to be sustainable. We like what we like and we eat in a way that suits us. And so to suddenly try and change everything like that is actually just a recipe for disaster. There are definitely ways to incorporate these healthier aspects into your diet without a massive overhaul. 
I once followed a bodybuilder's diet and I did it because I was training at the time. I was training quite hard, not competitively or anything, but well, competitively with myself. Yes. Because apparently I can't do anything without it needing to be bigger, better, stronger, whatever than the last time I did it. Oh, anybody else do that? Anyway, I was, um, training quite hard. I liked lifting heavy weights and I thought I'm going to get the best of my diet so that I get the best out of my training. And so I took some advice from the guy who runs the gym and he gave me a bog standard bodybuilding diet. And this consisted of six egg whites and one yolk every morning. God, even the thought of that now churns my stomach. I love eggs. I still love eggs. But I was getting to the point where it was making me actually physically gag as I was trying to eat them. But, you know, that's what this guy had told me I needed to eat, so it must be right. So I ploughed on. And then later in the day, there was chicken and rice and broccoli over and over and over again. Oh, God, I can't even bear the thought of that anymore. But he'd given me such a massive change to my diet that it wasn't sustainable. It didn't take into account what I like to eat. It didn't take into account whether I needed to have different foods in my diet because I am a person that needs to eat different types of food. I get bored with food really, really quickly. None of that was taken into account. Nothing about that plan took into account how I needed to eat. And it was just gross. Honestly, it was awful. And then there were other diets where lots of things on the menu were things like crisp breads. Oh God, dry crisp breads with, you know, just a tiny smear of something so that it didn't completely just dry your mouth out. And cottage cheese, why is that on every diet plan going? Cottage cheese, I don't like cottage cheese. What if you've had what they're saying you should eat and then you're still hungry? Then what do you do? Well, when you're on these plans, you obviously go hungry. But in real life, what you should do is eat the stuff you like. Don't eat the stuff you don't like. And if you're hungry, eat. So be aware of anything that is suggesting a complete overhaul. If these people are giving you suggestions for food that you don't usually eat, that isn't your natural go-to in food tastes, if you're buying recipe books, for example, that are a completely different style of eating to what you would usually do, then none of these things are going to stick around. You are not going to enjoy the meal plans long-term The recipe book will get a couple of days use and then we'll go back on the shelf. And once again, you will feel like you've failed at your attempt to change your eating habits. And again, this is never your fault. This is because you're not being provided with information, with ideas, with suggestions that are suitable for you. Also, Let's take into account the fact that these what I eat in a day posts are quite often just a highlights reel. I suspect that the people who do these what I eat in a day were feeling particularly inspired that day 
or they'd had a really good, healthy day that day. And so they chose that day to put it on Instagram or Facebook or whatever for everyone to see. What they're actually not sharing are the foods that they supposedly never eat, which of course they do. So these meal plans, these what I eat in a day, they're quite often three meals, two snacks, and of course the two and a half litres of water. What they've conveniently forgotten to write down and show you are the other snacks, the bag of crisps that they ate while they were cooking the meal, um, the leftovers they had off of their children's plates when they were clearing up after dinner. I mean, hands up if you've done that. Nuggets and chips for the kids. Kids don't finish it. Scrape the plate off into the bin. But before you do that, just have the last couple of chips and a nugget. Do you know what I mean? But they're not going to show you that bit, are they? Or the glass of wine that they had in the evening. Or the big creamy coffees that they've had. And the bowl of ice cream that they had before they went to bed. That day does not look so perfect anymore, does it? And tomorrow probably won't be either because nobody can live to this absolutely finely tuned diet day in, day out. You will only see what they want you to see. You will never see their total diet. You will only get their highlights. You will not get their binges, their meltdowns when they feel like they've had a terrible day and they've gone all out on the chocolate bars. Do you know what I mean? None of these things that I'm using as examples are bad, but they are the things that these influencers tend to keep out of their posts. It's the stuff they don't want you to see. Now, on my profiles, I do share some meals, some recipes, some things that I've made, some things that I've tried. And I might give you ideas of things to try, but I do it to give you some ideas of ways that you can incorporate new foods or mix up your day-to-day eating. I get so bored of trying to think of new meals for the family for the week. I get so bored of trying to put together lunches for myself to take to work. And so I quite often will go to Instagram or Pinterest or whatever and look out some new ideas, things to zhuzh up my week with. Maybe I've tried a new pudding that they've done on the Great British Bake Off. Or maybe I've just dug out an old recipe and think, oh, somebody needs to see this awesome creation from today. But that is it. It's inspiration. It's not a meal plan. Today, I put a picture up of my breakfast. It was a pizza. Yep, I had pizza for breakfast. (laughs) I did it because that's what I really wanted. I didn't fancy cereal. My husband offered to do me some bacon because he was putting some in for himself. But there wasn't enough bread for me to have a sandwich and I don't want to eat just bacon on its own. So I said no to that. And then I couldn't quite decide what I wanted And I remembered I had a pizza, which I had bought to eat yesterday, and I hadn't eaten it. And that is what I fancied. That was going to hit the spot. So that's what I had. I had pizza for breakfast. (laughs) Doing that used to feel like such a mental thing to do. 
Who has pizza for breakfast? Me, because I'm an intuitive eater and that is what I wanted at that time. And you know what? It was great. It was a stone-baked pizza, so thin base on it, which I like. I used to really love a deep pan, but I think that's diet culture because I felt like I had to have the most out of every meal that I could have. So that meant bigger dough equals more pizza, right? But now I really enjoy a thin base pizza. It was a Mediterranean vegetable pizza. So on top were things like peppers and onions and, you know, all these other different vegetables. And there was a decent helping of cheese, which is incredible. And with all that going on, what is there to feel guilty about for having pizza for breakfast? This is where intuitive eating reframes your mind. It makes you realise that food is just food. Food doesn't have to be eaten at a certain time of day. Food is there to satisfy you and for you to enjoy it. For me, today, that meant pizza for breakfast. As it happens, I didn't even eat it all. I ate just over half of it and then the rest of it's in the fridge. I'll probably take it to work for lunch or something tomorrow. Maybe I'll have it later if I fancy it, but knowing me, I probably won't fancy it because now I've had it today, it won't bother me for the rest of the day. So that will probably go in my lunch for tomorrow. Winner. I'm going to be the envy of the office. You know what though? You won't see that on a what I eat in a day post, will you? You won't see pizza for breakfast on there. And that's because it's not deemed to be healthy, is it? It's not deemed to be something that you should advocate that people eat. For me, it was perfectly good. It was perfectly nutritious. There was lots of good things to be had from that meal. There was loads of vegetables on it. There's cheese, so there's good stuff in cheese. There's good stuff in the base. There was nothing to feel guilty about. Absolutely nothing. But these influencers and these people who share these meal plans and things make you feel like you shouldn't eat that type of food. They make you feel like there are healthier or better alternatives. And that's not the way that eating and being satisfied and enjoying food works. So as far as these things are concerned, take the bits that you like, ignore the bits that you don't like, and use social media as a form of inspiration. Get some ideas, but don't take it as the gospel truth that you should follow. By all means, try some new foods. Try some new things that you haven't tried before, because that can only enhance your diet and help you to get some more variety. But use it to try things. Don't feel bad if you don't like the things that you're trying, or if you try them once or twice and never touch them again. Don't let influencers make you feel bad about what you already do eat. Your body is individual. Your needs and your wants are individual, and your food should be individual too. And on that note, come over and follow me on Instagram. Do you follow yet? If you do not, then why not? (laughs) Um, The links are all in show notes for my social media profiles, but come on over. It's just at I am Terry Pugh. Come and give me a follow. Come and see the fun things that I post. I don't post a lot of food in all fairness. I really don't. But I do post a lot of positivity, a lot of 
motivation to get you through your week while you're waiting for the next podcast episode. Uh, Have a great week. Be kind to yourself. Remember, you are awesome. And I will speak to you next week. Bye-bye.